The Roots team is proud to bring you Strengthen Your Roots, a podcast that takes a deeper dive into connecting with teammates on topics like leadership, as well as personal and professional skill building. Welcome back to Strengthen Your Roots. I'm Andy Pfeiffer, Financial Services Officer in Norfolk, Nebraska, and your host for this month's episode. We are in the middle of our series, How We Built This. We've heard from Farmland and Rule First, and today we'll cover Ag Direct, and then in April, you'll hear from the Salesforce team. Today, I'm excited to have Julie Krause, VP Business Development, with me, along with Greg Roberg, VP Ag Direct Sales. Julie and Greg, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Glad to be here, Andy. Thank you. Yes. Well, we'll kick it off before diving into any questions. Uh, would you each give us a brief professional and personal bio? Greg, you can go first. Yeah, so I'm a farm boy from northeast Nebraska. I actually grew up on a farm south of Tilden. So some of our listeners may know where that's right in at. Right neck of the woods. Yeah, yeah really close uh, to the Norfolk retail office. Yeah. Just go to Norfolk on Saturday nights and uh, hang out. Um, so it brings back some good memories. Yeah. I've been with AgDirect 17 years this summer. And so that's my whole career uh, at Farm Credit Service America is all with AgDirect. So love what I do and uh, just don't see myself doing much else. So yeah. serving customers and, and AgDirect teams is just a lot of fun to be part of. So been married 27 years this summer. I have two daughters, one in high school, one finishing up college. It'll be getting married here in May. So that'll be a new experience, oh, walking my daughter down the aisle. So yeah, yeah, looking forward to that. You got all the plans perfectly ironed out, right? Uh, she's taking care of that. Dad <laughs> is writing checks. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Somebody has to. Any good hobbies outside of, outside of that? Uh, I like to golf a little bit. Not very good, but I like to. Um, Enjoy getting outside, get a little bit of a yard to take care of. I uh, love college football. Used to be partial. Well, I'm partial to Huskers. I still am. It's just a little bit harder. I uh, guess more appreciate just all college football now. Challenge for all of us right now. Yeah, Husker, that's right. But I uh, love going to farm shows and just being being out and about looking at farm equipment. Julie? Uh, thanks for having me, Andy. Yeah. Um, Julie Krause. I've been with AgDirect and Farm Credit Services America for 18 years this summer, so Greg's a youngster. <laughs> um, but actually, I uh, grew up on a farm. My family still farms uh, in the Winnebago, Nebraska area, and so I grew up in northeast Nebraska yeah. as well. Went to school at Wayne State. We have the best crowd for this today. You, you bet. bet. Yeah. So, um, Wayne, uh, since I was in Wayne, Norfolk or Sioux City were the big cities for me. Oh, yeah. Um, but got the chance to come and uh, work on the AgDirect team as an inside sales rep in 2004. There were two of us at the time. I'm going to name drop Corey Nordhausen. Um, Corey and I were the two inside sales reps. And after that, got a chance to work on some AgDirect technology and um, the Connect4 uh, that we were able to work through um, and automate a lot of our processes and decisions. Um, after that, I uh, got a chance to come back and lead the inside sales reps. Um, so I've been doing that for the last, uh, it'll be eight years, and been really excited to see that the team that I left at the time, that was about three or four inside sales reps, um, was about 19 when I took the team. Jeez. And now we split that. I, I uh, have the honor of, of uh, leading that team with Kara Figge. And okay. together we lead about 30 inside sales reps. Just a little growth along the way. Yeah, a little bit. It's, both of it's you, a fun both story of you have seen a ton of that growth. So that's, yeah, that's yeah. cool. It's good history there. So the whole time I've been with Ag Direct. Um, hobbies for me, uh, like Greg, I like to be outside. I like to golf. Um, I have a goal. I like to read a book a month, um, just to keep current, challenge myself. Um, but otherwise, yeah, AgDirect keeps me pretty busy. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, AgDirect is no small part of farm credit. Can you give us an overview 
of how the Egg Direct team is structured and the scope of the business? Yeah, I'll take that one, Andy. So Ag Direct has about 100 full-time teammates. And we work with 16 farm credit associations across the country covering actively 35 states. We'll write business in some other states, but we have territory managers covering 35 states. Um, of that 100 teammates, you have 24 territory managers. I lead the eastern region, which is everything east of Omaha. Corey Nordhausen, who Julie mentioned a little bit ago, is my counterpart. He leads everything west. Um, we have 30 inside sales reps, so Julie would have about half of those teammates, and then Kara, you would have the other half. And then we have about 50 operations teammates for both closing and processing. So Josh Zilke and Leslie Donahue leads that group. In addition, we've got a lot of teammates within Farm Credit Service America that spend some or, or maybe half their time uh, from legal, human resources, marketing. Uh, then we also have a dedicated underwriting team uh, led by Marianne Mullen and her folks, that's all they do is work on Ag Direct, of course, and you have customer support, loan accounting. So there's some, a lot of full-time teammates, but then there's a lot of teammates within the company that also help support Ag Direct. So all told, there's probably about 150 people that make this work. Well, there's a lot of volume there, and there's no doubt it takes <laughs> a lot of people. And again, just referencing the growth from when you guys started to now, 30 inside sales reps, it's, it's exciting yeah, stuff to see. Two to 30 in the last yeah. 23 years. Yeah. So uh, let's start from the beginning. How did Egg Direct become an idea? Julie's been here 18, I've been here 17, so um, I guess the story kind of gets passed down. So if, I'm, if we're a little bit off, I apologize, but I think I've got it pretty well down. So in 1997, I believe Jim Knuth, who's now our SVP of Iowa, had an idea. I believe he was leading agribusiness finance at the time. Um, he had this idea of bringing in customers through the, the dealer channel that could be cross-sale to Farm Credit Services America uh, and other products. Bill Davis was in credit at the time. Bill had come from Farm Credit Association of Missouri, where they had been doing some what we call trade credit financing using the dealers as an extension of the sales force. So, so Jim and Bill put their minds together and thought, this could work here, you know, Farm Credit Services America. And so they thought, well, the first thing we need to do is we need to get someone that knows how to do this. So they hired Jim Roberish. Jim might be a pop or a familiar name. He's now with Compere, but he's been part of uh, Farm Credit Service America for a lot of his career. They hired Jim Roberish from Case Credit. And so Jim Roberish was tasked to putting together a white paper along with Jim Knuth of how this might even work. How could Farm Credit Service America have a trade credit program? So as the story goes, they took it to executive leadership team, which then went to the board, and they pitched this idea and said, we think this could generate $100 million someday. <laughs> and again, that was back in 97, um, and they were spot on. You know, AgDirect did just shy of $3 billion in 2021. So they had a really good idea. Yep, yep. Um, we hit goal, for <laughs> Hit sure. the goal. Uh, <laughs> but 1998 is when AgDirect officially did their first transaction. So now we're celebrating our 24th year. Amazing. And Julie, any thoughts on how we came up with that name? Sure. Um, well, ag, first of all, it's what we do. It's prominent, first and foremost. And then also the indirect lending model, point of sale transactions, um, very, very similar to when you go to buy a car, you go to the dealer and they help you find financing. So it just fit, ag direct. It's simple and effective. I, I, uh, I do appreciate the name there. Next question, there are several big players in this space that have been around for a long time as well. Can you tell me more about what's going on in the marketplace? 
Well, I'll take that one, Andy, and then you can fill in any gaps, Julie. So again, <laughs> so you know, main competition, you know, the captives. So we're talking about captives. We're talking about you know the manufacturers like John Deere, you know, Case A H New Holland. You know, they've got their own captive programs. So you've got John Deere Financial, you've got CNHI Industrial Agco Finance, uh, Kubota Credit. We don't lack competitors. Then you got local banks and some regional competitors as well, like Diversified Financial Services, DLL. Um, Wells Fargo. I would say our main competition is John Deere Financial and then CNHI Industrial. Um, we're very fortunate that in 2020 and 2021, Ag Director is number two in market share, right behind John Deere Financial. Um, probably doing about 15% market share for Ag Direct. Case is not too far behind, about 14%. John Deere Financials the, is the 800 pound gorilla. They're doing 45 to 50% market share. So be a while before we can catch them. Now keep in mind, we're financing all brands, all makes, and so that gives us a little bit of an advantage. But those are the two biggest ones um, that we all kind of kind of battle out for market share. And, but right now we're in a rising rate environment, so there's a lot of local banks that are picking off a few deals here and there. But when you think about relevance and our future, AgDirect continually tries to find ways to better compete with, with John Deere Financial and CNHI Industrial. Is there anything we're doing to, is there any current goals we're doing to capture market share or any current focuses? Our teammates, um, we know that we'll face some challenges uh, this year especially. The last two years, it's been all we could do to keep up. And we've been benefiting from the relationships that we have with the partners over the years. And also the um, reputation that we've built when times haven't been maybe so good um, with our dealers. Now it's time to pull up our boots again and get to work because uh, we do believe that um, the one who follows up and wants the deal the most and treats the dealer and the customers with the respect of their time is gonna win the deal. We won't always be the cheapest deal, but we do wanna be the most, the easiest to work with, the most pleasant to work with, and to help set them up for success. And I would agree with that. The, the relationship side, I always have positive experiences with Egg Direct and right. love referring it there and then the efficiency side, how quickly we get those done. And I think those are the things that will continue to grow that market share organically. Yeah. I'm sure this is something that we constantly look at, but what are we doing to, to stay competitive? What type of customers are we trying to retain and attract with Egg Direct? We're trying to find those customers that value speed. And so what is Egg Direct doing? We're providing capital to make equipment purchases and, and lease equipment. So a customer that really values speed, you know, AgDirect's always hung its hat on being simple, fast, flexible. That's, that's what we do. Sometimes we have to sacrifice a little bit of flexibility to be a little faster or, or be simpler or vice versa. But when we make decisions, Andy, we always think about, are we being simple, fast, and flexible? That's the backbone of AgDirect. Would you agree with that, Julie? I would. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of the key with AgDirect is um, we can't always say yes to everything, but do we have another option that we could take? Um, are the relationships that we're building enough to um, even get a shot at the deal? Mm -hmm. um, we're, we're looking for our customers that do value speed, um, that, you know, there, there are good partner customer relationships that we want to take care of too. Well, I think there's a consistency in your product people know what they're gonna get. And when those people experience that, they share that with others. And that's part of building that, that pipeline and attracting new customers as well, if you'd agree. Yeah, in 2010, when AgDirect started expanding out our, for, expanding beyond our four state footprint, 
that's really when we formed the LLP, um, Other Farm Credit Association, so I said we have 16 partners. Kind of one of the things I remember talking about as a sales team is, is, is McDonald's or Burger King. <laughs> Wherever you go, whether it's in Washington or New York or Nebraska or wherever it might be, a Big Mac's a Big Mac, and a Whopper's a Whopper. Mm-hmm. And, and so Ag Direct, we wanted it to be that same experience so that customers knew what they were getting. And maybe that seems kind of silly, but I think we've gotten pretty good at that. I think, I think we walk that balance that. We can, where you can also have it your way. We can be, we can be flexible <laughs> yeah. in, in certain situations. In. I like it. So like that's, it. that's a good analogy, Greg. Good thing we just ate lunch. So we're not, we're not <laughs> hungry right. here. All right. <laughs> I did have a salad, so a Big Mac does sound pretty good about that. <laughs> Yeah, we, we've talked about dealers and even dealer financing, but maybe you can elaborate more on how that relationship with dealers works, who works with them, um, how much time do we spend with them? I'll speak from the outside sales perspective. So we have 24 territory managers covering over 4,500 locations across the country, and again, we're focused primarily on 35 states. So territory managers spend about 70% of their time calling on dealers working with salespeople, teaching them how to use the AgDirect online program, but then being available, you know, obviously to answer questions and help with quotes. And we want to be experts in the field, not only on outside sales, but also inside sales. So they're spending, I'd say about 70% of their time, Andy, with the dealers, and then the other 30% would be with our partner associations. So just like we work with our, our local retail offices, particularly our financial officers and FSOs, um, all of our partners have those roles as well. So whenever right. a customer comes in talking about uh, a need for equipment financing or leasing, whether it be here in Norfolk, Nebraska, or Spokane, Washington, we want those financial officers to say, you know what, you really need to think about AgDirect. And you know, if you're working with a dealer, go ask that salesperson for AgDirect. Um, so it's about 70-30. Um, I like to say that the territory manager's role or, or job is, is to get that business in the door, get the customers working with the dealers, again, working with our partners, but get that dealer, to get that business flow. And I really believe that uh, the secret sauce to our sales efforts is what Julian Kara's teammates do. The inside sales reps are, are the backbone of what we're trying to get done because the salespeople will develop stronger relationships or as strong relationships with our inside sales reps because they're helping them every day. I agree with that. In fact, the 70-30 split, that works for us too. I'd say 70% of, of our time is spent uh, serving that dealer network. And um, the other 30% is, is really auction private party sales that either come to us as leads from the uh, partner offices or now through online, or maybe they've done business with AgDirect through a dealer in the past, and now they want to know if, if we'll finance that tractor they're buying from their neighbor or um, go into an auction to get pre-qualified. Um, the focus that we have put on that inside sales experience um, has, I, th- I agree with Greg, I do think it's a secret sauce, that it's an investment in not only in getting transactions done correctly and as quickly as we can, but also that extra relationship that we can build from the inside. So when a dealer does call, they get a human being that answers the phone. And even if it's not somebody who um, is directly in their area, it's somebody who's eager to help them. Uh, we do have a 21, uh, we have 21 inside sales reps who support the dealers primarily. Um, we have three dedicated teammates who focus on the auctions and private party sales. And we also have two account managers who specifically focus on the largest relationships, uh, the largest relationships for the partners 
or for the, the largest transactions for the dealers. And we believe that that extra focus and um, specialization in those areas has um, helped us win more business and it helps teammates really get good at their craft and deliver on an experience. And then again, it sounds like efficiency at all levels. You guys have specialized these spots as we've learned, we've adapted and grown rather than just kind of stay and, and hope the growth comes. Um, it's fun to hear about the path and the changes that we've made to, to move with the growth. And we touched a little bit on, on the private party sales and the auction stuff, and we'll come back to that because I think we've got some good stuff to talk about there too. We'll pivot a little bit here. Um, we'll back up time a little bit, or perhaps this is something more recent, but has there been a time that you thought Egg Direct could fail? You know, there was a time. And, and I guess Julie and I were kind of become the old timers here at uh, <laughs> 17 and 18 years respectively. But I can think back to 2006, 2007, when there was a rapid amount of consolidation, uh, just throughout the country, but especially just in Iowa, Nebraska, South Dakota, Wyoming. Our, our footprint, Firm Credit Service America, the Alliance, Strategic Alliance hadn't happened yet with Frontier, so it was just those four states. And I can remember Firefly was going on, and Firefly might not be a familiar term to many of our listeners, but for some it is. And that was a, a large initiative that was led by Troy Hansen, who Troy uh, spent a lot of his career involved with AgDirect. And, and what I was concerned about was there were some discussions of what the vision of AgDirect should be and if it was sustainable. And Neil Olson, um, who was our executive vice president at the time, he talked to our sales team and said, he was very candid, because I don't know what the future of AgDirect is, but I don't think we can be sustainable just in our four states. That was hard to hear. Yeah, that would be tough. Um, but he said, trust, trust me, trust the process. And we hear that a lot from Credit Service America Frontier, <laughs> trust the process. And so what happened was, is out of Firefly, I could be wrong, but I think they had several hundred ideas of here's what our company should focus on. The number one idea was expand AgDirect and expand it within the farm credit system as a collaborative venture, and that will lead to other things, which we've seen that happen with Rural First and Farmland, and the list goes on and on. But AgDirect was really the first attempt by Farm Credit Service America to collaborate with other farm credit associations to really put a product together. Mm -hmm. and, and now as you look back, you know, we're doing about 600 million or so in those four states about that time, and we just crossed three billion. No, I just really applaud Firefly and everybody that was part of that strategic vision and putting it together. Because I, I was worried, you know, at the time being in leadership, it's kind of scary to hear your executive leader say, I, I don't know what the future holds, but trust me. Yeah, a little bit of motivation might come from those words too. Um, but yeah, you got to have a path forward. And it sounds like through that initiative, they were able to identify that. Anything you want to add to that, Julie? Oh, actually, um, I was on the technology side supporting AgDirect at that time, and we had just gone paperless as, as a company, and we were using AgDirect Agrolytic, and so what was fun was getting to showcase the AgDirect technology that we built, and we just looked so efficient and so on track that these other partners, or these are potential partners, when they got a look to see just how efficient we could do this, it was an easier conversation to have. I think it made the sale. Our technology and our, our just the overall vision that we were able to describe uh, where we wanted to go with this. Um, I don't know if, if any of us that are sitting here now, Greg or I, would think that we would go this far this fast, um, but we're not done yet. We're not, we're not finished with it. But um, when I was hired, uh, we were printing off uh, paper applications and stuffing them in colored folders 
to help us keep track of things. Yep. And well, it's just unbelievable to even think about that now and well, how and we don't even touch some applications. Yeah, and that was probably a big critical part of, of gaining associations was the fact that we were able to present it as a paperless option because a lot of places weren't doing that then. Correct. So you removed that hurdle and that might have been one of the more critical steps, I don't know. That was a critical step and even go back, <coughs> like, you know, in, in 2000 up until then, our ag direct was trying to use dealers to sell the whole stock and, <clears throat> and dealers were like this is kind of silly <laughs> what is farm credit stock and so some of those conversations were if we want ag direct to grow beyond 25 30 million what it was at that time a year which we'll do in a couple of days now yeah. um, we got to make the stock conversation go away and so that was one of the big innovations they were able to um, purchase stock on behalf of the customer kind of behind the scenes to make it all work. But the end result was the dealer or the salesperson didn't have to talk about stock. So, you know, Jill and I could kind of reminisce. There's been, you know, 25, 30 things throughout the life of Ag Direct and short life, 24 years yep. of some innovative stuff to bring down barriers and, and obstacles. Challenges, uh, they've been plentiful for all of us these last two years. Um, but currently though, what would you say is AgDirect's biggest challenge? The rising rate environment's a challenge for everybody, right? Prices are going up for everybody. That's not unique to AgDirect. Um, you know, in, in the market that we play in, equipment availability has become on shorter supply. So just being able to be nimble and be ready when the equipment is ready to go, um, that helps us win deals and I think just the, con the continued consolidation, fewer dealership owners, um, having that influence with the right people and making sure that um, the, we, we have to make it so easy and so attractive that if a customer does walk in and ask for AgDirect, that they're able to offer and offer that to them. Um, and also that their salespeople aren't spending a lot of time on the finance piece and they're, spent, they're focusing the time on getting the equipment sold. And that's where we step in and try to make it as easy as we can for even the captive dealerships. What would you add, Greg? I agree, you captured it well, Julie. Those would be my, my top two is a rising rate environment because we all know part of the farm credit system when, when the rates start going down, we're the first one down. When they come back up, we're one of the first ones up. And so we're all experiencing that no matter what your lending role is within mm -hmm. Farm Credit Service American Frontier, you've noticed cost of funds go up and so our rates go up. But then the dealer consolidation, and it happens every year where you'll have what I would say a pretty supportive dealer that sends you a lot of business, they get bought up by one that's maybe not as supportive. And sometimes it, it hurts our business. Occasionally it helps, but oftentimes it creates more of an obstacle that we gotta sell through or figure out a way to, to get that business maybe somewhere else. Do you have a, like a streamlined approach when those dealers are consolidating how you approach that new dealership group or is it kind of more case by case depending on their relationship? Depends on, you know, if we've got access to the decision maker, that's usually where we'll go. And, and territory managers do a great job of being eyes and ears out there in the field. Mm -hmm. And so they'll pull in Corey or myself and a lot of times then we'll have discussions with the CEO or CFO and, because we really believe AgDirect can play a role in their overall success there are ways AgDirect can help them, whether it be financing equipment that's outside their area of responsibility, you know, with internet sales, 
or John Deere dealers have recourse on everything they finance. So if they don't know the customer, they should use Ag Direct. Those are just a couple examples of where they should be using Ag Direct. So a lot of it is is telling our story and getting in front of the decision maker. Well, a lot of customers, I mean, it's grown enough, they expect Ag Direct. Right. And that so helps a lot when the when customer those, asks for Ag Direct. Yep, you bet. And those territory managers, I'm sure, help establish that relationship when there's ownership change and, and they're always working in front of it. So, mm -hmm. so that's, that's one of the keys. And you know, just a quick little plug for our, our seniors, senior leaders, executive leaders, and our board. They've always been fantastic at supporting Ag Direct. And when I talk about the secret sauce for inside sales reps, that's not always the case, particularly with our competitors. When times get a little bit tough, our competitors will start, you know, laying off people, whether it be sales or operations or, or whatever it might be. And, and we've had some tough times in Ag Direct, but our leadership, our board, has allowed us to hire and attract and maybe even some new teammates because we've put together a growth agenda and said, okay, we just got to get kind of through this little bump in the road, but here's what's coming. Mm -hmm. And you can just look at 2018 where we did a billion five, and now here we're coming off 2021, we did three billion. That's 100% growth. That's just pretty phenomenal. Yes. And yes. Uh, I, I credit a lot to our, our leadership and our board for allowing us to, to do some things, invest in people and technology um, to fulfill those objectives and that vision. Well, I would give recognition to the Egg Direct team on that point. Me as an officer out in retail, I didn't feel that on my side. When I would put a application in, I got the same speed that I always got. So hats off to all you guys and your team there. We talked about this in, in many of our podcasts and the answer is always different and, and it intrigues me. Success ultimately can be measured in many ways. How does Egg Direct define or measure success? Well, there's the obvious ways. Are we hitting our goals? <laughs> um, everybody likes IP, right? So we know what our goals are. And um, everybody's got uh, a dedicated, I guess, eye and a focus on what we do, uh, what we book, what the spread is that we're booking it at. Um, are we meeting other goals? Like, uh, are there things we want to go try in the market? And, um, see if they'll be successful and eventually enhance that. Um, so we've got teammates who are fully invested in the vision and in the success. And I like to just take a, take a step back and are we still having fun? Because this is a very fast paced business and it can burn you out if, uh, if you don't take, your, take a breath now and then. And I think we have a lot of fun teammates and it's a really fun team to be with. Our dealers, our um, characters, fun to work with. And it is always, uh, in, as an inside sales rep, I can remember when I could win over maybe a skeptical um, partner, teammate, uh, financial officer that doesn't want to let me run with their biggest customer in their portfolio, and we're able to meet all their needs, and they ask to work with Julie again. Um, our teammates, they, they thrive on that. Mm -hmm. They appreciate that. Those relationships with our, our partner teammates and the dealers really make the day go f faster. Yeah. Fun, I, I, I can't agree more on that. And you guys, you even mentioned that you may have got moved over to the North Building <laughs> because you guys are too loud and have too much fun, right? So that's good to hear. That's a good measure of success. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with Julie said. I'd also maybe just quick add, we do a, a dealer survey quarterly. So we pull our salespeople. They've sent us at least two deals in the last 12 months and we only pay them once a year. But we get those scores. Sometimes there's some insights there that they want us to make some changes. and. 
oftentimes we always look and see if that's feasible, if it's going to you know help the business. And there's been some good ideas, but you know we track some around 93 to 95 percent approval rate from all of our salespeople. So we all want 100. Mm -hmm. We know that probably isn't attainable, <clears throat> but if we can hit in the mid 90s, you know nine and a half salesmen out of ten like using Ag Direct, going to say good things about us. Uh, that's not too shabby. One way to measure success is through stats, and we touched on them a little bit here. Um, but just remind us, volume year one to last year, what's the difference? So first year was about 25 million, and then last year was just shy of 3 billion. It was 2.95 billion. Gotcha. So, so that's a lot. Was that uh, 100 times? <laughs> More? Something like that. Good numbers to celebrate there. Um, number of applications you had last year? Julie. Last year we handled about 55,000 applications and of those we approved about 35,000, so 70%. Um, so that I, I'm very proud of our team for as many applications that come shooting through this system and the, the touches that we need to do because even when we say no, we touch that application. And every single application that gets funded gets touched by one of our closing specialists. So we have a lot of teammates moving very quickly to get that 70% closing rate. And that, I mean, I, I wouldn't have guessed it was that big of a number, but again, in my experience, when I put an application in and funding is ready generally within hours, it can be, like, that's exceptional. So uh, again, kudos to you guys for accomplishing, one, numbers like that, but two, just the efficiency in the process. So. Another one that doesn't really show up in the stats, but just is kind of mind-boggling is our inside sales reps um, took in, what, 100 and 40,000 calls and made about that many outgoing? Yeah, um, calls handled was about 256,000 <laughs> last year alone. Um, th that's phone calls. And we usually try to say, you know, for a sales team, uh, for a sales team, we're asking them to reach out more than they have to um, receive calls. But we were just on fire last year and it was about 140,000 inbound calls and the rest were um, outbound calls to retrieve information or to ask for the business. Um, so besides, besides phone calls, emails coming in all day and those 55,000 applications that are shooting through. So yeah. very busy team. Next question, average loan amount. Where's that number sit? Uh, about 83,000. And so I don't know if that seems high or low to our listeners on the, on the call or the podcast, but we've really been intentional in trying to drive that up. So in 2018, it was 60,000. And so 23,000 may or may not seem like a lot, but when you take that times 35,000 deals, it adds up pretty quick. Yes. And, and we've been so. intentional in doing that. And when I say that is, and Julie, you can talk a little bit about uh, some of our specialized roles here on the big deals, but I know on the pricing side, which I get involved in to a certain degree, is we've been more aggressive on the bigger deals and maybe a little less aggressive in pricing the, the smaller deals. Because that's some of those smaller deals, like 50,000 or less, if you're fast and can make good credit decisions, you're going to get that business. And some of the bigger deals, you start talking 150, 200,000, a little bit more complex, it becomes a little more rate sensitive. Mm -hmm. And so we've been attracting some bigger deals, and then Julie and Kara's team, they've made some changes on how to take care of that bigger business. Sure. Um, so a few years ago, it was identified that um, dealers thought that we were too cumbersome with the larger deals, or um, we didn't really have a focus, so we could hire somebody and as soon as they're on the phone taking one of those 250,000 phone calls, it could be a giant deal, over a million dollars. And we needed a focus to, to make sure that the customers and the dealers that were handling those larger relationships and transactions got the experience that 
those deserved um, and not at the expense of the other dealer business that we wanted to pay attention to. So we hired two of um, our account managers. We hired one at first and it grew so fast, now we have two. And we're reevaluating re if we will need another one because our average transaction size does keep going up. And um, that, those are just dedicated individuals who don't just work with the dealerships. They're working with customers, accountants, uh, farm managers on big purchases, and um, farmers who are expanding and have equipment uh, goals in order to expand. So we're creating those relationships with our territory managers, with those larger um, producers who, when they go to finance, they think, well, I, I do it with Ag Direct because they do it this way. And we've been able to win business when those larger customers walk into a dealer and want to buy 20 tractors, the dealer is going to send the business where the customer asks it to be sent. And so we're very proud that they'll request Ag Direct in those experiences. Yep, those relationships are critical. Good stuff. Uh, lastly, on the numbers side, goal versus actual for 2021. So we heard the numbers. What was goal last year, though, and then our actual? So our goal was a stretch goal of 2.25 billion. So we did about 700 million more. We weren't sandbagging, Andy. I, I, <laughs> I thought 2.250 was going to be hard to hit. Yep. But we did it. And you guys hit that in August, September? Something like that. Right. So, but you know, all the stars aligned. We still had low rates. We had record amounts of inventory getting moved through the dealers. You know, I talk about those 35 states. Generally speaking, there's about 12 to $13 billion of equipment that's getting sold through the dealerships, new and used. About 12 to 13 billion. Last year, that was over 16 billion. Gotcha. Um, some of that's inflation. Equipment's just more expensive, but some of that's just also demand. Farmers are making more money. Income's been better over the last few yep. years, which is good for all of us. All of our success and all of our business units within from Credit Service America and Frontier, where our customers do well, it's good for our business. So, you know, our stretch goal in 2022 is 2.8 billion. Um, stretch goal for Farm Credit Service America Frontier, Ag Direct is 800 million. Those are big numbers. Um, we're off to a solid start in 2022. Um, so we'll just take a month at a time. Keep keep out there. Uh, asking for the business. Asking for the business. Yep. That's right, well, Julie. The same as the growth in 21. Many factors played into that. That mm -hmm. could those could go both ways here in 22. So hard Absolutely. to say. Yeah. Statistically and strategically, um, what is the vision for Egg Direct, and is there you know anything really new coming down uh, the road for Egg Direct? I'll start, Julie. Then you can make me look good. How's that sound? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> like the like this whole uh, discussion. No pressure. Um, strategically, in ties in the vision, Andy is Egg Direct wants to be the first and foremost choice for, for farmers across the country, particularly those that are, have a relationship with farm credit. And we want to bring in more potential farm credit customers. Um, about 20 to 25% of all of our volume is to new customers that are coming into Ag Direct that then become good leads, you know, to be farm credit customers. So they're still bringing in a lot of prospect business. Um, but. 75% are existing firm credit customers. So we want to be able to serve those customers when and where they want to do business. So AgDirect has always been largely focused on dealers. And I think, that, I think moving forward, three, four, five, ten years from now, dealers will continue to be a, the backbone of AgDirect. But customers are wanting to do some things outside of the dealer network. 
such as you know online applications. And we just recently launched an online application, which Julie can speak to here in a minute, but also private party and auctions, which Julie and Kira's team um, have some phenomenal success with that too. So we're trying to evolve so that we become that first lender of choice, AgDirect, whenever someone wants to buy or lease farm equipment. That is kind of a, a broad goal and it really lines up with the company vision of being agriculture's most valued financial partner. That's what AgDirect is striving to do. And I believe the last few years we've made some strides in the right direction. What do you think, Julie? I would agree, Greg, especially um, thinking about beyond the dealer business, um, the dealer network, which I agree that will continue to be our bread and butter. Um, people might not know that we do so much in auction and private party business. Um, in fact, uh, in 2015, we wanted to see if it would work and we booked about 22 million that year. And now fast forward, we uh, booked about 20 million in December last year. So um, in that time, we have um, actually booked 160 million with three teammates dedicated in that area last year. And now that we have an online application where customers can find us without having to call us um, or fill out a paper application, that, that's going gangbusters. It's just what the market wanted. It's what they've been asking for and it's, it's what we've been preparing for. So it's a way to serve that market. It's a way to serve customers when they don't necessarily want to work with a dealer or don't need to work with a dealer. Um, and it's, it's setting us up for success in the future no matter how the customer wants to, f to buy their equipment, AgDirect will be an option for them. It's that around the clock availability on, on their time, on their schedule. And we've seen that, obviously, Farmland Rule First has online application, AgDirect. Like it's, it's really nice to be able to offer that at any time for new and old customers and then the potential for yeah. more business from there. Exactly. The, the online application, um, right now, we're averaging about um, 20 applications a day that are coming in on that. We've started marketing that now, so we're expecting to see an even bigger increase um, of customers finding that application and getting qualified for their equipment purchases. So um, the sky's the limit with this opportunity and we feel like we can continue to enhance it, getting feedback along the way, learning as we go. But gotta give credit to mm -hmm. um, the Farmland uh, experience that we were able to um, um, get connected with, uh, with the real estate application going online. Um, we were able to come along and say, if the customer is, is looking to buy equipment or real estate, here's the types of application and the experience that we can provide in, for each of those different products. So we're very happy with the, um, the opportunity that we got to prove this model out, and now it's another channel of business that, that we can uh, be thankful for. I mean, yeah. it looks like another step that AgDirect is getting ahead of the market on, and hopefully we continue to move that needle. Yeah, huge shout out there to Dwayne Macheski and Carl Horn and their teammates for uh, developing you know, farmland and then letting AgDirect get a piggyback mm -hmm. along for the ride and now it's become its own standalone product. We couldn't be more excited. Okay, a major part of any business is a marketing strategy. I'm sure AgDirect is no different. Um, can you tell me more about your marketing strategies you use currently to help grow your brand and volume? So that's where one of our teammates, Lisa Yeager, is our marketing and um, communications specialist for AgDirect, so she spends a lot of her time uh, supporting AgDirect. So there's lots of things we do, you know, as far as print and, and digital, but one of the coolest things that Lisa, along with uh, her teammates and then the, the mixed group who we use as a company out of uh, Des Moines, is we started geofencing different events. And so what that means 
Andy, is, is for the last four or five years, we've been geofencing John Deere, Case IH, New Holland Agco dealers. And so what that means is someone goes to their website, um, particularly with their mobile device, they're going to get Ag Direct ads. Um, they're not going to get bombarded, but they'll get Ag Direct ads for two or three days, which shows our rates. Now has their online application link or something like that apply now. Um, that is huge when you just think of how you cast that net across our 35 states with all those capped, or those uh, major line dealers. But then farm shows, uh, just think about the Farm Progress Show, where we just had the National Farm Machinery Show in Louisville, Kentucky. Anybody that was there got ads from Ag Direct. It's really cool what you can do with technology. So you just, I don't know how it all works, but I just tell Lisa, hey, these are the places that there's gonna be a lot of farmers at. Um, let's make sure that they see Ag Direct ads. And, she, and Lisa makes it happen. Yep, and they reference this um, in another podcast. We'll probably have ads pop up on our phone now, yeah. just as much as we've been talking about Ag Direct. So, um, it's really cool. It is, yes. Uh, rapid fire questions. So, Greg, we'll start with you on this one. Green or red? Oh, it's a trick question, Andy, because we finance all colors. Um, uh, I gotta have an answer. <laughs> I gotta have an answer. I, you know, I'm a, like I said, a country or a farm boy, country boy. Uh, we were old school. We had formals and international harvesters. <laughs> That's how uh, old school I am. Anyway, so partial to red. Yeah, partial to red. Good equipment, Julie. Agree. Go big red. <laughs> First tractor I ever drove was probably a, a Farmall uh, Super MD. There you go. Um, and uh, we were partial to the International 56 Series <laughs> on the Krause Farm. So uh, good stuff there. 1066, yep. that was our big tractor. Oh, yeah. Yep. We had yep. the 1456. Oh, Dad uh, still got it. Krause's yeah. had the big money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, even those are getting worth more and more money every day. So, um, Next question. Favorite restaurant teammates must try when they're in Omaha? Well, for me, it's Fleming's which is in Regency. Now it's pricey. So make sure that it, it's a business meeting of some kind or invite a senior leader. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good good tip there. If you do want a good steak, I, I, Fleming's is very good. Uh, if you want an old school experience, um, go to Drover or Farmer Brown's um, and um, you're gonna find a good steak in Omaha pretty easily. Um, otherwise, uh, we've got some pretty good Mexican restaurants around too. So. Yeah, good stuff. All right, uh, in just a few words, the personal strength you feel like you leverage the most in your day-to-day -day work? I'm gonna go with passion. And the reason I say that is is because you gotta love what you do. And you heard Julie said earlier, fun. We, and we have a lot of fun. We all gotta work, that's just a given. So you wanna work with people that uh, share the same values um, that you do and, and honesty and integrity, obviously, but in the AgDirect team, and I'm sure across our retail teams and all of our teams, it's about having fun, working hard, serving customers, having fun. But I think one of the things that certainly separates AgDirect from our competition is passion. And we, we just care more. Mm -hmm. We want it to serve the industry more. Well, passion's a good one. Um, I was going to say endurance, but I am getting older. But, um, <laughs> but it, it does take a lot of endurance. It, it's, it takes a lot to keep going with AgDirect because it'll go as fast as you go with it. Um, but probably communication. Um, my teammates, we communicate all day long, uh, different methods of communication, and to me that, that gives me the energy, the passion, uh, seeing them get a big deal, um, helping them with whatever it is they're working on, um, communicating uh, whatever it is we're working on next. It's, it's gotta be communication for me. This episode's podcast ponder question is, all right, next question, so your dream car, new, old, or in between? Uh, if you can own anything, what are you buying? Oh, 
<laughs> so I, I said, I have a daughter in high school and a daughter in college that's getting married. So that's kind of got pushed on the on the backside <laughs> as far as maybe a dream car. But if I could, you know, I like the old 60s, uh, 68, 69 Camaros, I like some of the old Challengers. I really like some of the new Challengers. Yeah. Some of the stuff coming off the line, five, 600 horsepower, louder the better, Andy. <laughs> oh, I agree with you. Yep. I'm a car guy, so this question had to be in there. I agree with you 100%. <laughs> Julie? Well, um, I've always liked pickup trucks, and I've driven a Tacoma now for several years. I think I'm on my second or third one, and I'll probably buy another one unless... Now, I sound taller than I am on, on this podcast, <laughs> but I am um, a little over five foot tall, but I'd love a Tundra, um, a big truck. Yeah, that, that would just be a dream for me. So someday I might be wheeling into the parking lot with a Tundra. I'll go. hop out. Um, I, I don't know how I would ever get snow off the windshield. I'd have to have a little ladder or something, <laughs> uh, plan B. But, um, yeah, I think I would like to have something like that. That's tough. All right, last rapid-fire question. Favorite podcast or book? Julia, what do you got? Well, um, the uh, Machine Repeat used to have a podcast, and he hasn't updated that since late last year, but AgriTalk, and he's been a guest on AgriTalk before. Um, but So I, I, I listen to that when I can. Otherwise, I really like history. And uh, the Jesse Kelly Show, he'll do some history podcasts sometimes, so I listen to that. Greg? Oh, I'm more of a YouTube guy, so I like to go to YouTube and look at farm videos. There's a lot of loyal farmer, and there's all kinds of cool stuff. Corey Nordhausen kind of has me um, looking at some of that. So there's just really some cool videos out there by farmers, but just, I don't know, it's fun to go back and, and watch stuff that uh, is out there. I like tractor poles. And so there's not too many tractor poles to go to here late February, early March in Nebraska. So go out and watch some old reruns. Well, lastly, is there any of the work that you'd like to highlight in regard to how you partner with other farm credit associations? I, you know, that's, a, that's another great question. And just kind of thinking through, it's about relationships. Just like our you know, financial officers work closely with farmers and Ag Direct works closely with salespeople, we work equally close with our our partner associations. And I believe we've built that template of collaboration within Ag Direct that's, you know, continues on in Rural First, which is led by Mid-America, but we've all benefited here at, from Credit Source America Frontier Farm Credit, but then Farmland is building it out. So at the end of the day, it's, it's all about relationships. And I'd like to think that Ag Direct set the bar pretty high for others to follow, and it continues to work well. I agree with that. I think um, just earning, earning the trust uh, for, especially for my teammates who may never meet the person on the other end of the phone. Um, the experience that that partner gets by using AgDirect or the experience that their customer can relay to them about how their experience with AgDirect went, um, that will go for miles. So for me, that's, that's the most important highlight. Our dedication to delivering on that experience is first and foremost. Um, every, every teammate that we have would tell you that. We're very appreciative of the relationships and the opportunities we get because of our AgDirect partnerships. Yep, and I agree from the retail standpoint. I mean, it's, it's so nice whether it's just putting the application in and getting a phone call or if I have a question, I can call and I always can get somebody. Um, we appreciate everything you guys do to make our jobs better or easier for our customers um, and make our jobs easier as well. So, Well, that's all the questions I have for you guys. Is there anything else you'd like to highlight before we sign off for the day? Yeah, I just want to take a minute and just thank all of our retail teammates that are across all of our retail offices and marketplaces. Um, without you, um, AgDirect wouldn't be where it is today. And we've talked a lot about the AgDirect team, you know, 100 going strong here, and we've got 
lots of teammates in Omaha that help support, but uh, another part of the secret sauce is, is all of our teammates that are out in the field talking to customers, mentioning to them about, hey, give AgDirect a try. And as Julie mentioned, we have the online application now, so it's really never been easier. Um, if we do get an online application and that customer is working with a dealer, we will move that over to the dealer dashboard so that the dealer still gets credit or can close it. In a lot of cases, there are sales incentives involved, so um, we want to be sure and treat the dealers well. We just want to thank our retail teammates because they're doing a lot of hard lifting out there. And uh, at the end of the day, we've all got goals to hit. The retail goal through Ag Direct is $800 million, uh, through for Farm Credit Service America Frontier. It's part of our mutual incentive plan. So we're all pulling the same direction. So I just want to say a big heartfelt thank you. Thank you, Greg and Julie, for joining me on another episode of How We Built This. I'm happy to have had the opportunity to talk with you about Ag Direct and learn more about how we built the product and the success that it has had over the years. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Please email dollar sign roots with questions, comments, feedback, or ideas for future episodes. Also, don't forget to answer the podcast pondered question on Yammer for a chance to win some great roots swag. Come back next month to learn about Salesforce and sign up for our email subscription as well so you don't miss the next roots episode. Thanks all and have a great day. Thank you for joining us on Strengthen Your Roots. We hope you'll join us again on our next episode.